you're listening to the Living BDSM Podcast, episode 218. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy who just remembered to turn put on his shirt, even though that doesn't matter because you're listening to a podcast, John Brownstone. Hey, you know, last minute. Topless. Topless yeah. podcasting. I mean, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Yeah, we could yeah. probably do that. But maybe not on the live stream. We could No, yeah, might scare YouTube. So if you would like to envision John Brownstone without a shirt on, feel free. This week, we're back from our hiatus and just as goofy as ever. Um, and we are sharing our top communication tips for power exchange relationships. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday and now Tuesdays for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS on the number one, LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big shout out to our kinky patrons on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We thank you for supporting this weird, wild, crazy thing we do. If you'd like access to more content, to more of us and this thing what we do, you can become one of our kinky patrons for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so I hope everybody will understand after a couple weeks off. I'm not going to just jump into a topic because when I've ever done that, we are going to do some announcements just to get everybody caught up to speed on things. Um, a couple of things. Uh, Friday night on YouTube, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, we do a live hangout where it's not about a topic. We're just sitting around chatting. Last week, what did we talk about? TV shows that we remembered from like the past, our childhoods and teenage years. <laughs> yes. We went down memory lane. Some of us have a longer lane to go down because they, they and we are older. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that yes, one later. Um, so that is still happening. If you are a patron, we have our live patron-only Q&A on Saturday, May 23rd. Um, that has been posted in the appropriate places. Um, and what was my other one? Oh, oh, oh. We have well surpassed 3,000 subscribers on YouTube, which was my random goal. If I could figure out number of subscribers on podcasts, I would do something like that too. But we surpassed it. So we are going to do a random live stream. I believe it's going to be either May 30th or May 31st, end of the month, for hours. We don't know about what. I just wanted to put it out there. Everybody's welcome to join. It'll be on a weekend, so hopefully people who normally can't watch a live stream in the middle of the week like podcast listeners you can come and join us and hang out with us uh once we know more we'll tell you more okay that was all i had for announcements oh 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 i do want to say if you want to actually keep up with all of these things that i announce as well as all of the other things that we usually have going on if you subscribe to our newsletter i send that out weekly and i put all of that stuff in it and you don't have to like try and remember any of it um <laughs> podcast listeners the link is in the show notes uh, YouTube watchers, the link is in the description box. You can subscribe to our newsletter. Yay, they're done, done. Okay, so this week's topic. So we, I think, have talked about communication in all 217 previous episodes. We just talk about it all the time because it's one of the basic tenets of how to have any healthy, happy relationship. 
mm. not just BDSM. Pretty like, much. If you're not talking to one another, it's not going to go well. No. Um, but we always talk about it in terms of this topic we're talking about, that topic we're talking about. And I thought, what if we tried, not quite a rapid fire, no matter how fast I'm currently speaking, you can tell I'm hyped <laughs> up. Um, what if we tried to actually share some of our top tips, the things that come to mind first when we start thinking about communication, and we'll even try to go back and forth, like I'll share one and you share one, and then I'll share one and then you share one, and then eventually we'll both be sharing the same things because we share a brain sometimes too, and it's fine, we, th we think alike. Hi, I'm John Brownstone. You stop Sarah, that. we communicated. Stop! <laughs> So that way, some of our top communication tips are like all in one place. And instead of listening to a little bit of this episode or watching a little bit of that video and listening to a little bit of this one or watching it or whatever, it's it's all in one. And it's not gonna be everything because we're just two humans, imperfect and whatever. And so we might not think of things that you consider important. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, if we do, if we miss something that you're like, no, but this is really important to me, comment, tweet at us, DM us, share, so we can all learn and grow together, all that good stuff. So I have, I did not make a list. That's the other reason we have to do it this way. So you oh. might also hear typing. Uh, so there's <laughs> something for the show notes. That's how scattered we are. We'll talk about Speak why. Yourself. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Almost forgot to put on a shirt is all I'm going to say. Yeah, I had to rearrange the entire recording studio, do a, do a 180 on it. I, literal. Last minute, yeah. No, we'll talk about that in the bonus yes. section. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to, do you, did something come to mind? I had two things that came to Start mind immediately. Start with one and I'll type it out like I'm the secretary in the movie, the secretary. Oh, that's sexy. Okay, go ahead. I'd have you bent over the desk then. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to need a sip of coffee to cool me down. <laughs> well, the, the, the first thing that came to my mind um, is something that I, I talk about a lot to people, even, even in person, because communication is a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that, that stands out to me more than anything is the fact that communication is more than talking. It's more than just listening. It's how you listen. Mm. And, and one of the things that, that I started doing a while back, because it, it's kind of a um, consent of conversation. Mm -hmm. When somebody comes to me, especially you, yeah, I, so. I, I need to talk. Mm. Okay. That can put a person's mind into many things. Oh, especially an anxious person. And, oh, yeah. And as the person who wants to talk, you may have certain expectations mm -hmm. of the person listening. Mm -hmm. So... I find that it's it's good right at the outset of that I need to talk to you for me to know what kind of listener I need to be. Mm. Are you looking for advice? Mm -hmm. Do you need a way to fix it? Do you need validation? Mm -hmm. Or 
you just need somebody's ear to chew on without me saying anything. Yes. And and that I think is is to me has become one of my groundworks for communication. Because knowing where I stand as a listener mm-hmm. knows how I need to react to what you're saying. Right, and that becomes my job as the one who has something that I need to talk about to say, "Hey, here's what I need from you." Now, Sometimes you forget to do that. Sometimes you've got this thing so mm-hmm. big in your head, you're like, I just have to talk about it. And that's where it's helpful if you forget to say, hey, I want to vent. I need your advice. Help me figure this out, mm-hmm. whatever it is. If you're not hearing that from the person who's approaching you and saying, hey, let's talk about this thing in our relationship or this thing on our my mind or whatever, as the listener, the best question you can ask is, okay, what do you need from me at, in this conversation? It feels awkward, to me at least it did, the first couple times you try that, because that's not how we're taught how to talk to one another. It's And when I say we're taught, I mean, obviously there are very few classes you go to, it's just we teach each other based on just going out there and starting to talk. and. That's very uncommon in most situations. Your best friend walks up to you and they just start talking and they forget to tell you that actually what they want to do Mm -hmm. is vent and you're trying to fix their problem and now you're mad at one another. Well, see, for me, that was the thing. When when somebody came to me with something, um, I automatically went into fixing mode. Mm. Same. You know, how can I I fix this? And, And I automatically start, you know, rolling out ideas. And, and that's not, what's always needed or wanted right and it's it's almost like a next level communication thing you've done the hard thing as a person who's admitting that you need to talk about something maybe it's something about your power exchange isn't working maybe it's there's this task speaking from a submissive perspective there's this task you were set and you're like oh shit, i can't do this i mm-hmm. have to talk about it or it's work and you're still in work mode and you're not even in like DS mindset mode. You just need to bitch for a minute. Like, right. So it's, it's more than just knowing what you need to say. It's knowing what you need from the person you're Mm -hmm. talking to. And as the partner being approached, if they're not telling you, then you have to learn again, next level communication skill, how to ask for that information. Yeah. And, and as uh, you know, if, if the, the, talker you know comes to you and says well you know i i need to talk but i just need you to listen you know if that if the person doesn't say that as the as the listener you need to do that because otherwise you have unclear expectations on both sides yes and one of our future topics is on managing expectations mm-hmm. so that's definitely one of those yeah what that leads me to is the one that was definitely on my mind one of my tips and it's not a tip it's i think a fact <laughs> there's no way to take this and go use it it's a thing to remember and that is communication is a skill good communication is a skill very rarely are we does anybody tell us how to best communicate maybe you read a few self-help books maybe like me you've learned the hard way and you've gotten into arguments with people you don't want to argue with (laughs) and you're like why am i in this place where we're not hearing one another yeah quite frankly some of us have, and most of us probably have childhoods where the people in our lives, quote, taught us to communicate in really unhealthy ways. You know, kids are seen and not heard, or why are you crying about that? Or, I mean, believe me, could go through a list of things that taught me at a very formative age not to 
say what's on my mind, not to be comfortable sharing my feelings or my thoughts with the people closest to me. So learning how to communicate is absolutely a skill and especially in any relationship, but specifically for us power exchange, it's about trust as well. You kind of have to trust that the person you're about to confide in is gonna hear you, is going to care enough, even if they don't understand, to take the time to listen, that they're not going to judge you for um, whatever it is you're about to say. And learning how to listen without judgment, I am still working on that. That is just as much a communication skill as learning to speak, one, without judgment, or to speak at all. Um, There, I'm sure there are people who hear the pace at which I speak and the amount of words that come out of my mouth and think I'm a really great, hey, think I'm a really great natural (laughs) communicator. I'm a great talker. Talking is not automatically communicating, okay? (laughs) Just because I know how to say some words doesn't mean I know how to communicate what's in my head and what's in my heart and the things that Mm. matter to me and that I have always known how to say the really hard things that move a relationship forward, whether that's forward together or not forward together at all, forward separately. Um, And developing that skill for me came with time and trust that John Brownstone would even when he didn't understand what I was trying to say, he would give me a very safe space to just say what was on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we disagree, it never devolves into name calling or telling no. each other that what we just said was wrong or invalid or you know that we're stupid. Like it, we just don't we don't do that. We've both been in relationships where that's mm-hmm. what happened. You said a thing on your mind probably imperfectly because we all usually do. And the other person attacked you for it or dismissed it or made you feel less than, which shuts down communication. So remembering that you're not gonna be good at it at first, especially if you're trying to unlearn some negative communication right. skills that you've internalized over time. Um, that that for me was a point of for self-forgiveness. I could go, you know what? I'm. I'm not good at this because this is not a muscle that I have. Right. And, I've and I was just going to say, how to do this. It, it's like exercising a muscle mm-hmm. that, that hasn't been used. You know, it's, it's very stiff. It's very tight. It doesn't want to work. Sometimes very, very small. well. Yeah, sometimes very small. But, you know, the more you you work at it, the, the more you stretch that muscle and, and put it into use, the easier it becomes. Right. And part of that is saying, I don't know how to say this. I don't, maybe I don't have the mm-hmm. right words to share what's on my mind, but here it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that, especially as you're getting better at this, setting the expectations, like you talked about in your first thing, mm-hmm. of what you need from the other person will help you because there's nothing worse than wanting to vent about something and your fixer partner, which we happen to both be fixers, that makes for fun times, <laughs> wants yes. to fix it for you. They're trying to help in their mind. From a fixer, we're we're doing it out of love and kindness and care and we want to make your life better, but what you really wanted just to fucking vent for 30 seconds. You'll figure it out or you'll ask Mm -hmm. for help later. Just let me vent. That is a skill to learn how to set those expectations for one another so that you are on the same page. That's just one of many skills to practice. And it does take practice. Nobody's automatically good at it, I think. Hmm. I have another one, but do you have one you wanna go first? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, This is again, kind of uh, being on the 
on the listening side of communication and you know people say well you know communication is talking and it is but communication is a two-way street somebody talking somebody listening mm -hmm. and and this is something that I still have to work on uh, it, it's been rather difficult for me but I do find that again I'm exercising that muscle and I'm finding it easier and and that is truly being active in the conversation as a listener and what makes this particular thing difficult for me is because of the fact that I am a fixer so a lot of times in the past I would find myself in a conversation and instead of truly paying attention to what is being said I'm thinking about what I'm going to be saying in return. Say. So therefore, my <laughs> mind is not on mm -hmm. what is being said. Mm -hmm. And and that is something that's very hard to turn off. Oh, yeah. It's very important, too. Yeah. It makes conversations so much better. True. It gives the person speaking the confidence that they're actually being, being heard. heard. Yes. I used to, and I still sometimes do it myself, and it was because oh. I was terrified I was going to forget what I wanted to say. And I think the expression, I've, the way I've heard it explained is, um, you don't listen to hear, you listen to respond. Yes. And yes. part of that, I think, comes from sometimes some of us, I know I'm like this, we are very uncomfortable with silence. You say a thing, mm -hmm. and maybe it takes a minute for me to... Think of what, how best to respond, right. and that little silence can can really like tense people, like kind of get mm -hmm. twitchy. You're like, why are you being quiet? Why am I being quiet? Maybe I should I'm yeah. gonna jump right in and say something. When actually, <laughs> it's just the time it might take to process what you've just heard and actually think about what's been said because you were present in the moment in the conversation. Right. right. I still struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally it's it's a that. it's a hard thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's a difficult thing because you know you're 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 taking in and you know we we are people we are humans we hear certain things and it spins our brains up to thinking oh well you know this and this and you know well well maybe this and I need to say that and you know it's it's difficult to to quiet that mm -hmm. that noise sometimes to just listen yes and when you start working on that, and that's kind of an internal thing you have to kind of work on for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I absolutely have moments where I can feel myself thinking about what I want to say. And in my head, without interrupting the conversation, whatever the person's telling me, I stop and say, in my head, internally, I'll <laughs> stop that. Just listen. Just be here in the moment. Yeah. You can think of what you want to say when they're done talking. Especially, this is where assumptions get made all the time. You'll start telling, and I still do it, and I know I still do it. Um, you'll start telling me something, and based on the first half of the sentence, I think I know what the other half of the sentence is, yeah. and I start responding before you finished your thought, and I was wrong. So even when you, yeah. that happens in, when you do it in your head as well, you're like, I'm mm -hmm. gonna be the polite listener and let them speak, but the whole time you're thinking of what, what advice you're gonna give or whatever you're gonna tell them, you might be surprised that once you let them say everything and then think of your response, it's a different response. You're reacting right. to the fullness of what they've said, not the first two sentences at the start of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the one, the other one that comes to mind, and this one, I've, 
I never thought this would be a controversial thing, but I have seen people vehemently disagree with it. So just disagree and be mad at me if you don't like it. Verbally communicating, if you're capable of verbal communication, verbally communicating is a great skill, but that's not the only way to communicate. No, communi For, communication comes in many forms. Oh my gosh, writing it down, record. I, I was even thinking about this last night. I was like, what if some people physically can't or just are not comfortable mm -hmm. type, like I am typing a big old long email at midnight to the daddy dom of my dreams when we lived 400 miles away, but I had thoughts, right? And verbalizing them was very difficult. I, it was almost like there was a a blockage, like in my throat, like the words would be here, they'd be in my heart, they'd be in my head, but they couldn't like come out of my mouth, but I could type them. Well, not everybody types, not everybody feels comfortable that, not everybody picks up a pen and a pencil. I've done that too. Um, so I, I was thinking about it last night, voice record yourself. Sometimes it's easier to say a thing when you can't see the other person or you can't hear their voice or you're not anticipating a response the moment you speak. You you can speak a little bit more freely. Um, so I've always said, write it out. And then I thought, but what if mm -hmm. some people can't or aren't comfortable with the writing? Okay, voice record yourself. Whatever method you use to communicate, if what you're doing is sharing how you feel, your thoughts, your experiences, your concerns, asking the questions that you want to ask. As long as you're sharing the information with your partner in a way that they can receive them, the method you use for communication is valid. Um, I have, sometimes it's why I need to just not be on Twitter as often as I sometimes am. I literally <laughs> saw somebody on Twitter go, well, if you have to write it down, then you're not actually communicating very well. You need to get better at learning how to say it. And I was Bull like, talker. Fucking kidding me? Half our like half of the soul bearing that we went through, where I told you some of my deepest fears and my biggest concerns and some of the shit that had happened to me and some of my best positive feelings, what might not have been shared for literal months or years if I hadn't written it down right. first. Because in finding the other way to communicate and using whatever method is best for you to get the thoughts out and share them with the person you wanna share them with. That moment, that ability to share is what taught me that he could be trusted with those thoughts and feelings. And so then over time, I got more comfortable saying them on the phone where I couldn't look at you. And then finally saying them when we're face to face and you know, mm -hmm. whatever. That was part of the process of learning that this person is safe with the things I think and feel and that they can handle my, you know, worst emotions and my wildest things and the <laughs> random thoughts in my head. I mean, that, especially if you have ever been taught or told by anybody in your life, certainly a former partner, that they didn't want to hear it, that it wasn't important, that it wasn't valid, that you were just, you know, complaining or you were too much or too needy or too blah, blah, all that shit we get told that we then internalize that makes it almost impossible to speak later. And mm -hmm. I'll take it on a different direction. We've already talked about I'm a talker. We all know I'm a talker. 218 <laughs> podcast episodes don't lie, right? But communicating negative emotions has always been hard for me. That's a childhood thing. That's a therapy thing learning that the person I loved was safe to 
to communicate anger to and that I'm upset and that they've hurt me that first of all, that was a huge growth opportunity in my my soul and in my life and <laughs> as a human. OK, it's also a really weak muscle I still struggle with. Writing those things down first, that was safe. First, I had to learn he was safe with my thoughts and feelings. Then I learned, wait, if he, if, if all these other non-angry thoughts and feelings are safe, maybe the angry ones are too. Maybe telling him I'm angry at him is safe. And the first time I had to tell you I was pissed off at you, I had to write that shit down. It was not coming out of this mouth. Yeah, I had... 20 years of child, you know, childhood, early adulthood behind me teaching me that that was not okay and that was not allowed. And 10 minutes with this man was not going to change that. And there's still been a few mornings that, you know, I've woken up and found, found a handwritten letter on my keyboard. <laughs> Look, <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it is all I'm saying. Right. Um, but sometimes it, it is, it's a safety thing. Yeah. So. That was really long-witted for me to tell you that if you're not ready yet to say those words out loud, but you can write them or you can text them or you can email them or you can voice record, whatever, that Mm. that's okay. Use the tools that you have where you're most comfortable because it's not about how you express it, it's that you express it and that you learn if this partner you're with is somebody you can trust with this part of yourself. And if they don't react well, and they're not willing to learn the communication skills to handle that stuff, then you've learned something there too. It's not a great thing to learn, but in the long run, I'd rather know that that person is not somebody I need to be with and we can go our separate ways than to never learn to communicate and Mm -hmm. always be miserable, but not quite understand why I'm miserable because I'm repressing so much and I'm not sharing the things I need to share, especially to have a healthy power exchange. Holy hmm. shit. Okay, I, I got okay. long-winded. Go ahead, right. go ahead. My turn. Go ahead. Yes. And and I have to thank Jennifer for, for mentioning this. And mm-hmm. this is something that, that we've had to work in into our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, as a listener, hmm, gee, being with a, a talker, I've had to learn how to readjust my listening in the relationship. But, um, you know, at, at any given time, someone may not be in the mood or in the right headspace yes. to listen. Yes. And we found that out early on. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, we're both very busy people. We, we have our hands in a lot of different pots doing a lot of different things. And there, there was a little bit of frustration early on because I'd come up and start talking to you and you'd be busy there working away at your keyboard or I'd, I'd be in the middle of, of some work and, and doing something. You'd come up and start talking. Oh, I, I didn't hear you. Mm-hmm. So we, we've kind of worked out a, a little bit of a system, color system surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, if one of us needs to talk, we will walk up to the other and we'll say, is your green light on? Mm-hmm. Meaning, do you have the ability at this point in time to to give attention to me because I have something to talk about? Mm-hmm. And and that has worked out really well. <laughs> I the answer is either, you know, yes, I I yes, my green light is on, or, you know, 
I, I just need a few more minutes to wrap this up and, and then then my green light will come on. Or you don't get a response at all and you go, oh, it's clearly a red light. Okay, I'll be <laughs> <Yes>. back. <laughs> or you're like me and you forget and you start talking anyway and somebody goes, I didn't say yeah. my green light was on. Right. <laughs> but, but that has been a big help, mm-hmm. okay? Because, you know, the green light isn't always on. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's something that's going to be an in-depth conversation, you know, well, my green light isn't on at this moment, but, you know, later on, right. we can sit down and we can, we can talk, we can have the conversation. There's even, a, there's, it's not opposite to that, but there's a, a, a parallel issue to that with telling your partner you need to talk, knowing your partner and your partner expressing who they are to you mm-hmm. is important because when John Brownstone tries to say, we need to talk, but I don't have time right now. Can we talk later? You better believe this anxious girl right here is like, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? Am I going to the principal's office? Did I get in trouble? Is some is something falling down? And he's like, actually, we just needed to talk about the faucet in the kitchen. But so I, we, <laughs> I had to teach him you had to learn I did. that, and this might not be true of everybody with anxiety or any other mental health thing, but this girl with this anxiety is so, no, you no, I don't deal well with, I need to talk to you later. Mm-mm. So, and sometimes you get, you still sometimes get cranky with me because what you want to be able to do is go, I need to talk to you in a few minutes. And he'll even go, it's nothing. And I'm like, it's never nothing. It's never nothing. <laughs> and I have to get him to stop and go, you don't have to tell me the details. Give me a highlight. Tell me the topic. Are we talking about the state of our relationship? Is this when it, it all everything ends? <laughs> Which then usually prompts either this laugh or a really confused look, or you know, are, did 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 we did we lose something? Is is there a problem? Is the house falling? Down? What is happening? So I have had to teach him to give me a highlight so that I know. Not because if I go into that conversation really anxious, I'm not in a space to listen. If I work myself up to what it could be to the worst possible scenario, I'm not listening. Or, mm. and this is what happens to us most often when, when some nice man forgets, I'm demanding at that point. Now I'm anxious and I'm irritable and I'm scared. And I want to know, we're talking about it now because now I can't function. That's not healthy. That's not, that certainly doesn't make me feel very submissive. I'll tell you that right now. When, <laughs> when I, I mean, maybe the stomping my foot and demanding, I mean, there might, the baby girl might mm. be out. But so that is a, a thing that we've talked about a lot is, yeah. okay, because knowing yourself as a communicator, knowing if you have triggers, if there are things you kind of need to be prepared for, like if you want to have a deep, 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 soulful conversation with me, I need to be prepared for that. You know, I need to know that I have the mental energy for that, that I'm, I can, I can give the time and attention to that. I mean, there, that does mean though, that sometimes big conversations do get put off. Uh, Over the weekend, I had a really bad depressive low. I'm pretty sure it was all the buildup from everything going on in life. And then we had like five minutes of calm and my brain went, oh, okay, we're gonna rest now. And just 
went too dived. low, just nosedived. Yeah. Um, and I w- was not good for anything. You could not have had a deep, meaningful conversation. No. You could not have disciplined me within our power exchange. No. You could not have enforced a rule at that point. Like nothing would have done well in that situation. So from the side of the person with an issue who knows you kind of need this or figures out over time you need these things to help you, you have to communicate that with your partner. You know, if you know that being told we need to talk and getting nothing else will set you off and you're gonna spiral, you've got to figure out a way to share that with your partner. As the partner who, I mean, maybe you're fortunate like John Brownstone to have been told by an actual licensed medical counselor therapist person that you are completely mentally healthy. What is that like? He has no concept of some of the, <laughs> those craziness in my brain. And so he has to be willing to listen and accept that he doesn't understand mm-hmm. Yeah. what I'm going through, but he trusts me and accepts that this is what I'm going through. And then, you know, adjusts to that because ultimately we want the same outcome. You know, we, yeah. we did a whole episode on goals. We want the same outcome. Our approach to getting there might be different, but because we're on the same team, because we're trying to get to the same place together, we're going to accommodate for each other, you know, mm. just like the green light system was not set up for me, by the way, meaning my green light can be on in a second, okay? It was for the man who gets really focused on stuff and you could tell him state secrets. He will And know. I would not hear a word. No. Nope. If, if I if I am doing something nope. that I am so in and I get into things like that, I become so hyper focused on what I am doing. Mm-hmm. Nothing around me exists. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sorry. I can hear the faucet dripping, the birds outside, the kids asking about lunch. I'm answering an email and then there's probably somebody in my DMs and it's all like, it's all there. And yeah, the green light system was for him. So <laughs> I think that is not a communicate. This is not the thing I'm thinking right now is not a communication thing. I think mm-hmm. it is a life thing, especially a relationship thing is the understanding that because I think we all know we're not meant to all be exactly alike, mm-hmm. but it's the willingness to, in a safe way, in a way that holds with your morals, ethics, and values, that we can accommodate our partner's needs, even when we don't understand them. <laughs> like, even when we're over here thinking, oh, that's the dumbest thing ever, I don't need that, it's fine. You don't, I don't need the green light system. John Brownstone does. He doesn't need a five page report on what the conversation's gonna be about before the conversation, but I do. And so we are willing to do those things to further the relationship, Mm -hmm. but also to keep communication running smoothly. Every one of us knows how bad it is in a relationship when communication is non-existent or breaks down. Like everybody's miserable. Everybody's assuming the worst of the other. Nothing good is happening because the whatever skills you might've had or whatever methods you might've had have all broken down and you're not using them or they didn't exist in the first place. We don't want that. And we have been mm-hmm. in relationships where it just didn't happen. And so we're not perfect at it. No. We still get into arguments about shit. We fuss, yeah. Especially when communication, and communication does break oh, down. Oh yeah, it happens. Communication <laughs> absolutely breaks down. Because nothing is perfect. Right. You know, nothing is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I have to say about you that that is very 
um, enlightening to me is that when we talk, you always remind me that my feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. And that's something that means a lot to me. And I know that because you shared with me, you communicated what went on in previous relationships and where things broke down and the things mm-hmm. that's that would be my next tip that it is not just for submissives to share all of our squishy feelings or that submissives should expect just dominance to care about and protect and you know hold sacred our squishy feelings the dominants have squishy feelings too whether some of them want to admit it or not and for a variety of reasons might not think that they should share them might not feel comfortable sharing them. whether that's past relationships or the way they see power exchange which i understand it being hard to share your emotions and feelings and to communicate that stuff as the one in control and charge like i get that but also i'm gonna side eye you like i'm gonna need you to like bend a little bit mm-hmm. because your submissive one cannot give you what you need beyond the exact order of what you're telling them you want they can't feed you your soul and your mind and your spirit and your all the woo woo stuff in any other way if you don't like give them a little bit talk a little bit mm-hmm. but i know the validations you need because you've told me where things went wrong in the past you shared that with me that then that was my job as a listener to pay attention to that and to remember that and i've got a for shit memory on some stuff and i feel like i feel like ass because (laughs) i just forget some really basic things but i think part of that was i understood the level of vulnerability you allowed yourself to feel in order to express that in order to share that and that would be then another thing is communication isn't just like this 10-step checklist of did i listen did i set a time did it it's about with the right person it's about letting yourself be vulnerable and say the thing you might not say not everybody in the world deserves your vulnerability and your soft squishy inner core no but depending on the type of power exchange relationship you are building whether that's a long-term loving gonna live together for a million years thing or just a really strong bond where you're building trust vulnerability has to be part of that and you have to learn how to communicate that and that is really Mm -hmm. hard every breakdown of communication i've ever experienced we together have ever experienced was a moment where we didn't want to be vulnerable where we thought because because of bad tapes because of whatever we thought the other person didn't want to hear it or that they couldn't handle it or they wouldn't understand it and sometimes that's true sometimes you have a thing that the other person can't understand and they don't know how to handle it but if you're working to develop trust between you or you have developed trust between you you have to kind of give them that chance if it's something Mm -hmm. important to the power exchange how will you ever know if you don't let yourself be vulnerable at least for a moment and then i go back to the other tips of if looking them in the eye and saying it it's you get choked up find an alternative method where you can say it quote air quote say it without looking at them they can read it later, they can listen to it later, they'll see it later. Mm-hmm. You got it out of your head, you presented it to them. And sometimes that actually, I think, really worked for us too, because it gave you time to process. Yes. 
And that's another thing, especially when we're talking about the big, hard, scary things in a relationship, you have just word vomited all of your vulnerability onto your partner. And I am very proud of you. (laughs) The next part to me has always been the hardest, but it has always been the most important. You then have to step back and give your partner time to process. Yeah. Because not, not every conversation, not every topic can be resolved in that in that one moment. I, I myself, I am the type of person I have found my worst decisions are decisions I've made mm-hmm. off the cuff in an instant. If I have time to think things over, mm-hmm. see if I have any questions, you know, different things like that. When I have time to to think about something, my decision is always that much more solid based. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, sometimes, yes, there are times we talk, um, Taylor will present her case. <laughs> I want this thing and here's why 300 reasons and a couple of appendices. At the right. Back. right. And, and I will tell her, okay. I need time to think about this. Let me mull it over. If I have any questions, I will ask you, and then we will move forward from there. Mm-hmm. And that's been good f- from a submissive perspective. I just came and I wanted a big rule change, or I wanted, uh, you know, or just from a relationship standpoint, I would like to spend this large amount of money. <laughs> Don't worry, I've researched all the reasons why yeah. you should say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in full honesty and disclosure, I will also present the, here are the reasons you might say no, but mm-hmm. also here are the 10 million reasons why. Just tell me yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I th- and I know that I find that hard. I've just said this big yeah. thing. I, I need a response from you. And sometimes it's not even a decision. It's just a, this is a thing you need to know about me. And then you have to sit and wait and let the other person process. Um, I want to get into kinky fuckery communication. Because all of the things we've talked about absolutely transfer into your kinky fuckery. Mm -hmm. If you are trying to negotiate a scene or change some part of your power exchange or go from bedroom only to 24-7, like all of that stuff is all stuff that's going to help you. But there is communication specific to the fuckery. Mm. I know. And the the first one that came to my mind is safe words because safe words are all about communication. Um, I have lots of thoughts about safe words. We've done a couple of things on safe words. I think we have a couple of videos. I know we have a podcast episode. You go to anything that we do and search safe word and you'll find it. Um, But a a couple of highlights. So one, a safe word doesn't have to be a word. It can be a gesture Mm -hmm. um, for different reasons. But two, I would say never, ever, 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 ever solely rely on a safe word. Communication within the scene can be both utilitarian and sexy as fuck. Yeah. Um, and I know, or I lurk and see too many conversations from usually newer doms or tops who are like, but I don't want to break the mood by asking, are you doing okay over there? Ah! Give me a color, girl. 
oh shit, the greeniest of green. <laughs> oh, that's the most action I've seen in a while. I'm gonna need a minute. Um, yeah, you can be sexy with it, and you're being safe, and you're letting your partner know that they're safe. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other side of that communication to my submissive bottom friends out there. You gotta say it. You gotta be truthful. There have been times. I really didn't want the scene to end, but I needed that thing to end. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say that. I got to find a way. Now, our methods are, are different, and my methods change depending on the scene and the mood. True. So if we're kind of like practicing a kinky thing, and we're like, oh, this is still new to us, and it's not really about the, the sexiness and the power exchange. It's like, I'm going to pour hot wax on you. You better tell me what the hell's going on down there. <laughs> That's going to be a very different form of communication. Uh, I'm going to be, it's a, right. a lot of back and forth. It doesn't feel sexy at all, no matter how turned on I might be by the thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. When we're in the middle of the scene, I might be playful because the scene is playful. I might um, be really soft and submissive, which I, I know, I know some of you are like, Psh, you? Yes, it happens. Um I'm going to respond based on where my head is at, but I have had to learn another skill. You get, It's my responsibility as the sub or the bottom to speak the fuck up. When I get a direct right. question um, or when something's just not right. We've done bondage scenes where I was kind of like getting into that sort of headspace of, ooh, I'm feeling really bottomy here. This is kind of nice. And then something pinched. Mm. I had to say something. It was for my own safety. D. So submissives, you are not ruining the scene or ruining the moment because you say something. You know, that's not a good kind of pain or my hand has gone numb or, you know, the wax is too fucking hot. This isn't even enjoyable anymore. Right. Um, are There are ways, well, but... You know, the, the other side of it, I, I have heard some submissives say that well, I, I don't want to use my safe word. I'm not going to use my safe word because it's going to disappoint my dog. Oh, that one always like, yeah, breaks my heart on that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I always told her in the beginning, do not ever do anything like that to me. I will be more disappointed in you that you did not use your safe word when you felt you needed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about safe words is what they mean to you in your relationship and your fuckery that can and should and please do be discussed outside of the scene Mm -hmm. so first it's are we gonna have a safe word if there's no safe word assigned no means no until decided mutually otherwise uh if we are gonna do a safe word what's it gonna be and what does that mean so for some people a safe word the whole damn scene ends. You call red or whatever your word mm-hmm. is and everything. And really for us, everything does stop. Yeah. But for some people, that means we come to a dead stop. Scene's over. We're packing up. We're going to do some aftercare. We're going to jet. Like, we're done. For us, it means I'm going to stop right this second. I'm going to check in. He's going to check in, not me. I'm, I'm over there going, ready, red, red. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm then going to say, I can't handle anymore. Or I'm going to say, I don't want to stop, but you have got to stop doing that thing right there. I cannot handle it. Um, and that's, we're going to pause mid-scene. We have, ab- I've absolutely called red in a scene. Yes. 
we it was it was it's almost like that timeout on the field of some sporting event. I'm not good with sports, y'all. And they huddle for a second, they confer, and then they go back out. It's a little bit like that. And then he adjusts based on the feedback I've given him. Uh, the other fuckery communication that rule that we have is if I cannot respond verbally to a question. Done. We're done. We're done. done. Because now I can't keep myself safe. Right. Man, and I've had to do that a couple times mm-hmm. with you. You were you were so deep in subspace, mm-hmm. and I saw certain aspects of your body language that were not in line how you are. Mm-hmm. And I asked you a color. You could not give me a color. Just floating. You were just floating. Just floating. And you were like... Just keep going, keep going, keep going. But your body language was so far off. Mm. Uh, no, we are. We're gonna no. stop now, and we're we're done for the night. And I even remember one night I couldn't do anything. I just like hung there. I think you had me up. My wrists were tied to a thing, butt ass naked, y'all. <laughs> it's got a 360 view of me, and I'm literally slumped, like yeah. not even holding myself up anymore. My head's kind of walled back. And I couldn't, you were like, give me color, give me color. And I'm like, in my head, I have vague memories of being like, this is the best moment ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the brain and the mouth couldn't cooperate. Right. And so a lack of ability to communicate is a signal that something's, mm-hmm. something needs to stop. Right. And I would say that outside of fuckery. If you are the person in the conversation, in the power exchange, and you find that you literally cannot speak, like something is stopping you, whether it's your own brain, or it's your anxiety, or it's past memories, or it's bad tapes, or or it's really good kinky fuckery that just, you know, floated you out, that is important to recognize that, that you can't keep yourself safe and that is the responsibility of a submissive or a bottom just as much as it's the responsibility of a dominant or top. Um, if you can't keep yourself safe, you, you got to stop for a moment. You got to right. back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, because I like how it makes me feel, it makes me feel small and submissive. I mm-hmm. do like that whole thing of, yeah. it's the dominant's job to keep me safe, but I'm also a grown ass woman. And it's my job to keep me safe. And I have to bear some responsibility for my person. Um, and so learning how to communicate within the fuckery and without and outside of the fuckery is mm-hmm. equally important. And, and if you happen to be fucking around with a dom or top who says that you shouldn't be telling them this or that, um you don't need to tell them that stuff they just know or they'll decide don't just walk run the fuck away okay because that is the least safe thing i've ever ever heard of especially when you're new i know that long-term couples Mm -hmm. or people in long-term relationships develop their own way and style and pattern based on their time together based on the way they've played together based on the trust they have one another yeah I might disagree with some of that still, but I I respect that a lot more because there's a lot of time put into that. Right. But new, barely know, only know online, well, don't even know their first mm-hmm. name. Mm-mm. I, mean, Mm-mm. I will say in the time that we have been together, certain things as far as aspects of impact play were, Im- impact play, <laughs> where 
it comes to spankings and, and flogging, okay? We are less likely at this point to use a safe word mm -hmm. because of how we... But you're not going to tell me that I'm not allowed to tell you that there's something no, wrong or that no. you will decide when play is over. Absolutely like that's not. never going to happen. No, no. No, no, no. 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 Even if we decided to set that scene up, there would be safeguards in place. Sure. So we just don't play to that extreme. Yeah. This girl's anxiety cannot handle now, it. If we're doing something new, like when we first tried wax play, when mm -hmm. we first started you know, dipping our toes in electric play and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I checked in Oh yeah. a little more. And I was much more verbal because I needed you to understand what I was experiencing. Right. So that later you would have the information you needed to make those decisions to have more right. control of a future scene. Yes. Um, we have done an entire episode slash I think a video on this one. And that is uh, submissives, bottoms out there. Communicating your needs to your partner and saying, I don't really like this, or this is not working for me, or can we do something different, or whatever it might be, that is not topping from the bottom. No. And then I would like to throw all the people that say that a submissive who communicates their needs is topping from the bottom, I'd like to throw those people into the sun. That's my new favorite expression. It's an old expression, but I'm using it for the first <laughs> few times now, and I like it. Um, no. Communicating your needs is taking responsibility for your half of the situation, whether it's a scene or it's a relationship, there's not well, there's, topping there's, the bottom. there's two aspects to that. You're taking responsibility for your safety, mm -hmm. and in uh, you know, d despite what some may think, you know, you need to get enjoyment out of it too. Mm -hmm. So you're looking out for your safety, and and you're making sure that you enjoy it as much as anything as well right i i recognize wanting loving to play with the the dominance and total absolute control everything they do everything they have me do is to please themselves like there's mm -hmm. a there's for some of us and i have i enjoy that kind of fantasy too um, that always reads to me if it's not in a specific negotiated scene, like negotiated down to the letter. That's another part of communication. Negotiation is just a fancy word for a conversation, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I understand those one-off scenes that can occur where you play like that. We've played like that before. Yeah. Um, but when I hear people say it over and over and over again as if they think that's what BDSM is, that's what a kinky scene is, that tells me that they are looking at kinky fuckery through an airbrushed erotica or porn filter and they're not thinking about it or don't maybe don't even understand it in a realistic way because realistically we could negotiate down to the last detail a scene where whatever john brownstone decides to do in that scene is purely for his pleasure that i receive pleasure is secondary and I could be okay with it. There's something kind of hot about that to me, partly because I, there's the trust that he's gonna do shit I like, so I'm gonna get something out of it anyway. Right. Um, but we could do all of that, and in the middle, I could like, I could have a panic attack. I, my leg could cramp. Right. Um, and that has happened. Something could happen yeah. that brings you back to reality, and if the to dominant or top 
does not respect that side of the communication and the reality of what it means to actually seen with actual human beings and tell, says I'm talking from the bottom or says that they don't have to listen because what we negotiated before this thing started is the only thing that matters. I mean, that's not just a, a problem with communication. It's a much deeper, more dangerous problem. We, if we have not already done an episode on stuff like that, we could, um, but there, that is about the communication a submissive needs to do on their own behalf to the best of their abilities. And I say to the best of their abilities because none of us are perfect communicators. And I don't think you have to wait until you're really great at communicating to go get kinky with somebody. Um, but I do think that the other parts, um, the other aspects need to be there in the absence of strong communication, respect from the other person, just respect for your humanity, let alone who you are as an individual, a certain amount of trust that you genuinely believe and they have indicated that they have, you know, want this to be a good experience for you and will do their best to look out for you. Um, You know, demonstrate that they've demonstrated in other ways that they're responsible kinksters and aren't trying to hurt you beyond a consensually negotiated kind of thing. Um, and so that's, that goes far beyond good communication skills, but I would say that you can learn or get an idea if that person is going to be that kind of person in the way that they communicate. You know, how many messages do we get from people who are like, I have not heard from this Dom in six weeks. Do you think they've ghosted me or they didn't talk to me for a month. Now they've shown back up yes. with all of their excuses. Should I take them back? I mean, short of like soap opera level drama <laughs> in their life where they might've been in a coma in the hospital, which given current circumstances is maybe possible at this point. <laughs> What about the six weeks of silence indicates yeah. that they they care about you or your feelings are going to communicate anything with you? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't tell me, oh my God, my life fucking blew up and I might not have time to talk for a week. You can't give me that courtesy. How am I going to trust you to tie me up, to beat my mm-hmm. ass, to, you know, quote air quote force me to do kinky fuckery things in a scene? but you don't have the ability to not ghost me for six weeks. Like these basic things can be an indicator of how it's going to be for you when you get into the deep kinky things and when you take it further. So yeah, good communication is a skill. None of us are born just knowing all these things. Mm -hmm. We're going to fuck up a lot before we get good at it. I I think bottom line you were a better communicator than any partner I've ever had prior to you. I mean, bar none, best communicator. And you have still come a long way. Yeah. I know I've come a long way because I'm a great talker, not always a good communicator. Um, of feelings, at least. <laughs> um, but the willingness to try, the willingness to get better, the willingness to admit that you were not you had not done that well and you could do that better. Mm-hmm. That is, that goes a long that way. Goes too. a long yeah. way. So you don't have to come out of the box being perfect at this. No, you just have to be willing to learn it, and it, to try. It takes practice. It takes mm-hmm. work. 
mean, mm-hmm. even even with her, when we first got together, um, she didn't want to talk to me about certain things. And, and we met on her blog. She put a lot of things <laughs> out on her blog. Okay, but there were certain things that she held back. You know, not everything was out there. Um, and, and certain things you didn't feel comfortable talking to me. Right, and part and, of it is boundaries. And you right. get to have boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. But as, as things started growing closer between us, there was still a little trepidation. And, and one of the things I did was that I, if, she, if, if there was something she felt she needed to talk to me about that she could not do it openly, I set up a, a, a little journal for her mm-hmm. on Google Drive. Mm-hmm. And, and you could go in there and write your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one other quick thing I want to mention mm-hmm. as far as communication. This was something that we, we were at a workshop for, was mentioned at this workshop. And, and I love this when, when I heard it and, and they explained it. Parallel communication. Mm. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Okay. A lot of people have trouble unable sitting face-to-face, mm. looking at somebody, and, and communicating thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay? That whole eye contact it, thing. It's the whole eye contact thing. It makes some people uneasy. So what their, their thing was, was pretend you're driving in a, you're in a car. Both people in a car. Mm, yes, I know what you're talking you, about. You know what I'm talking about? And, and it was a really great thing. You're sitting in a car, one person driving, the other is a passenger, and you can talk, but you don't have that, that face-to-face. You're, you're parallel communi- right. communication. And some people find it easier Oh yeah, to, to talk that way, to talk more openly and, and be more vulnerable. You and I have had deep vulnerable conversations in the car yeah i mean some people they need to talk they get they'll they'll go for a drive with their partner yeah yeah. um some people do it over the phone um Mm -hmm. there there are all kinds of of ways and i think it's about finding what works for you while Mm -hmm. also being honest with yourself about where your any communication issues you might have come from Um, is it bad tapes from bad partners? Is it childhood trauma? Is it, you never really had anybody who wanted to listen to you anyway, so you, or have you maybe spent most of your life being listened to and haven't developed those skills of doing the listening? Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Um, and I think the, uh, probably... There's so many things to say. We could do like a three-hour episode yeah, of this. We're not. We're not doing a three-hour episode <laughs> on this. Um, one of the things I would say is that neither side of the slash, no partner that you have, is meant to be the sort of the receptacle for every single thought and feeling that you ever have at any given time. I don't mean that if you're comfortable you shouldn't share every thought believe me john brownstone wishes i would have less comfort i share yeah eventually every thought but we've i think most of us have come across those people in life where you sit down to talk and they start and they never stop and they don't stop to say how are you tell me about you what's going on with you and they never stop to listen 
Um, the over mm. there's there's different levels of over communication. I know I'm an over communicator. I also know I talk a lot. Uh, I have had to learn to stop and say, "How are you doing? I want to hear about you." Tell me about you. I actually am more comfortable starting that way anyway of letting people talk to me. I happen to be, you're like this too. We kind of, I guess, have that face. Random people will tell us random things that we did not yeah. ask for. Uh, and I don't mean y'all out there that DM us. I mean, we could be in the grocery store and next thing we know about this person's hemorrhoids. Entire like, life. Yeah. what the fuck happened? Mm -hmm. um, but I... There was a point in my life where I never felt listened to. So the moment I was given the opportunity to speak, I couldn't shut up. It was too much. It was too much too soon. It was to the point of discomfort for other people listening. And when I self-corrected, um, that was when I learned to ask, hey, how are you doing? And I, I tend to sit back and let other people tell me how they're doing. Um, because one, people kind of like to talk about themselves and not everybody's comfortable with it, but if you get somebody who's in a comfortable conversation and you wanna get them to relax, getting them to talk about their day or their work or a thing they care about relaxes them usually a lot quicker than trying to do other things. Um, but that also then taught me that there are people, and this is how I knew I was like this, who will have entire conversations and never take a breath and never ask you how you're doing. So you, it, while it's important to be a good listener, and that is part of, the, that's the other half of communication, um, be careful of the situations, whether you're the listener or the, the talker, if, if the other person's never heard, if nobody's asking, what do you think? How do you feel about this? Tell me what's going on with you. That is not enough communication tends to be the main problem, but one-sided communication can be another thing and it can be an indicator of all kinds of things. I think we could probably do an entire episode on that too. I'm getting a lot of ideas today. Um, well, it, yeah. it, it's a big topic. It's a massive topic. It, it's a big topic. And these are just the things, when we call these our top communication tips, these tend to be the things that we remind ourselves of most of all yes. when we fall into a communication problem or we're having an argument these are the things that we rely on but also mm -hmm. they're top of mind because when i'm having conversations with other kingsters they've emailed or dm'd or we're chatting the answer is almost always but how are you communicating with your partner right. how's that going and a lot of these things we said are things that we repeat over and over again so there's a lot more to say. Like we could do an entire episode on active listening. <laughs> yeah. We haven't already. I'd have to go back on the archives. I feel it's, like we've uh, had I that conversation. I feel like we did it sometime. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a lot to take in. Um, if I would to leave, if anybody out there is like, I know I'm a shitty communicator. What do I do? Where do I start? Start by acknowledging that. Start by sitting down with your partner and saying, I'm not good at this what help me where knowing is half the battle right like have an honest conversation with each other you might have to hear things that are hard things to hear but like where do i go wrong what would you like me to do more of what would you like me to do less of now you both should have this conversation and you both need to be open to hearing criticism um constructive criticism but criticism um because none of us are doing it perfect i assure you there are plenty of people who tell me that i should shut up more <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs>
Um, but the only one who matters is John Brownstone. True. And if he wants me to shut up more, he knows not to say it that way. And we will have a very like nice conversation over coffee. Correct. And we'll work on it. Yep. But ne- negotiating how you're going to communicate with each other, how you're going to improve those skills together or on your own, it's no different than anything else that you might do in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the back and forth, the give and take, the this is what I'd like more of, this is what I'd like less of, this is what helps me, this is what doesn't help me. And both sides of that need to come together to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. And then it gets trickier as you either have different partners, like in general, or maybe you're you know non-monogamous and you have that's going to shift and change from partner to partner because what one partner needs, another partner maybe doesn't. They need something different. So, yeah, it's a huge yeah. topic. I, I, I just had a thought because okay. of um, something that, that Silent Wing mentioned in the comments about what if both people are not good at communicating. And and I, I, I had a thought, throw this out there, Um you had a book at one time about communication and you read it and then you passed it on to me. Yes, I think we have a review on the YouTube channel. Yes. I definitely have a review on the Loving BDSM website. Right. And I, I think that ever. and I think that would be a very good book to link mm. in this episode. Yes. Tongue tied? Yes, tongue tied. Yes. Um yes. by Oh my God, I usually have her name memorized. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's called Tongue Tied, though. Yeah. We have a copy. I want to read it again. It's mm-hmm. not, it is specific to sex and kink in general. I think there's right. an entire chapter on communicating your kinks, but it's about part of the book is about looking at yourself and figuring out what you need and what you're trying to communicate and right. where you struggle. Mm-hmm. And then other parts of the book are about how to bring that to your partner and talk to partners about what you need. Yeah. And if you're both struggling to communicate and that's a skill you both need to develop, it is a skill everybody needs to develop. And I assure you most relationships are in that position mm-hmm. where both of you are struggling. Both of you read the book or I don't, is it on audio? I know it's ebook and print. I don't know right. if it's an audio book. But if both of you read it and then come mm-hmm. together. Right. And I want to say, if I remember correctly, because it has been a little bit since I've, I've read the book, too, that each chapter has exercises. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, it's been a while since I read mm-hmm. it. It's been easily over a year. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, yeah, that, we. That, that is a really, really good resource. I have recommended that a lot. Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. I love, 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 mm-hmm. love, 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 love that book. Yeah. Um, there were practical things in there that I took away from it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. and and I, like I said, we're not perfect, but mm-hmm. I feel like I have a handle. I can at least spot an issue, even if I don't always know how to fix it, yeah. or if I don't catch myself in the middle of it, well, when I can I, spot when an I issue was, later. When I was reading that book, I, there there were parts of the book was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I that's, right. yeah. And, and then there were, you know, some parts that made me, oh, I never thought considered that i never thought of that that's a pretty good you know that's something to try mm-hmm. yep and yeah. thank you to the live stream chat yes stella harris okay. is the um the author. author of the book okay such a good book yeah such a good book yeah um yeah so we could keep talking yes we have been known to keep talking yes my head started hurting so um, maybe that means we should stop and we'll do a bonus section yes um this is 
this is a big topic. Yeah. And it might lead to a lot more questions beyond any potential tips or things to try or things to consider or things to think about and all that. So one, always feel free to ask. Um, mm -hmm. If nothing else, it might lead to another podcast slash live stream um, topic. Um, we have talked about a lot of these things in a lot of different ways. We just don't usually bundle this all together. Um, we can all always learn from each other. Yeah. So whether if you're watching on YouTube um, and there's something that you think is really important for people to remember about communication, please feel free to leave it as a comment, whether it's in the live stream chat or a comment mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, so the people coming after can learn. And then if you're listening on the podcast, we are almost anywhere you are on social media. Um, feel free to at us, to tag us, to DM us if you prefer to keep it private. Mm -hmm. um, we can always learn from each other. And sometimes I'll hear a thing that somebody says and now I'll go, yes, I wanna, <laughs> I wanna either know more about that or I wanna talk more about that, that's brilliant. And so it sparks ideas. So that is how this community keeps and not just our, like what we call our kinky corner of the world, but- Now I have a Guinness commercial in my head. Brilliant. Oh gosh. <laughs> that is, <laughs> you are officially more random today than I am. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the broader BDSM community, and then like our little kinky corner of the world of folks who enjoy loving BDSM, that's how we all keep learning from each other. Um, and apparently we're buffering. Yeah. So why are yes. we, okay, why are we buffering? Why are we buffering? We're on the good, good internet. Podcast listeners, you're fine. We're not buffering for you. Yeah. It's just the poor video. Mm -hmm. So we, um, yeah, that's the thing. Feel free to share yeah. is my whole point. Mm -hmm. So. Are we good? I think so. Let's go into a bonus section. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. Yes. But hopefully the YouTube thing will stop buffering. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, podcast listeners are like, this is why I don't go to the YouTube thing because we don't buffer on the podcast. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. Okay. Are we good? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week because we're back. SPG. Can I talk to the crickets, please? It's been a while. Go ahead. I won't even give you a hard time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, the podcast live stream went buffery. Okay. So we're moved into our new house. Yes. Uh if you ever if you joined us for last Friday's YouTube live stream hangout, that is a totally random thing. We don't talk about anything like major or life-changing. Uh we did talk about it, but this is the broader audience and not everybody joins us there. And so we'll talk about it again. So if this is a repeat for you, maybe this is the time to go get some more coffee. Um, the office is not set up at all. Well, not, not, not at all. The corner of where our desks live set up. The area that's going to be the recording area, not hot set mess. up. Hot <laughs> ass. You at least got the boxes straightened up. The day of the move, Wednesday, May 13th, we were just, this room that we're in is so large. We were just putting boxes on the floor, like all scattered and sort of cattywampus. Um, you did finally at least put them in a straight line. Yeah. And my uh, 
my diagnosed OCD brain was very happy about that. I was like, I figured, yes. These boxes. Um. So yeah, the house is good. We are on the boxes situation. I would say we're 90% unpacked. Mm-hmm. The only things we have not unpacked, we are literally waiting for the furniture order from Ikea to be delivered. June 1st is the day. Yep. Um, and yeah, then... we're, we're waiting on, on bookcases, mostly for the living room mm-hmm. and the office here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I was asked, well, why aren't we hanging pictures yet? And I was like, well, we need to wait for the last few pieces of furniture to get here so we know where everything's going to sit before we start hanging anything. Yeah, which made sense. Because we do have some, I was looking through the last few boxes in the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, one box was the old Wii Oh, gosh, system. I think we can donate that. No, then oh. I can't play Guitar Hero. We're going to keep the Wii? That's like 10 years old? But I can play Guitar Hero on it. But you play so many other things. But I missed Guitar Hero. Oh, I didn't know you'd miss Guitar See? Hero. You didn't ask. It, believe me, I, I assure you, of all the things <laughs> running around through this head of mine, never once was, I wonder if he wants to play Guitar Hero. <laughs> Never occurred to me. Never occurred to me. <laughs> oh, you should have. You should have seen. You should have seen my face when I was in the storage unit pulling stuff out, and I found the Guitar Hero guitars. Oh goodness! And now, our like, we actually had. Well, we paid to have our TV mounted to the wall, mm-hmm. which is a really cool look. I understand why so many people do it. I we've. I've never had a TV mounted on a wall like the living room TV or whatever. And uh, it's in a perfect position. The living room is a decent size. I could see you like jamming oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah. Absolutely jamming out in there. Oh yeah. Your Guitar Hero self. The only thing I remember about the last time I watched you play Guitar Hero was the clack, clack, clack of the buttons on the plastic guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Th- apparently there'll be some more Guitar Hero in your life. Um, Yeah, we actually were unpacked, not I mean, we did more unpacking over the weekend, but we were yeah. un- truly unpacked by Friday. Yes. Best movers ever. They were incredible. They showed up to the old house at 9 a.m. They left the new house at noon. Three hours. And so we like got lunch, I think. like we, I went and got drive through or we ordered something. And then after we ate lunch, we just started unpacking. And then we spent, mm-hmm. that was Wednesday. And then Thursday, we spent more time unpacking. I think we had to go to more stores, too. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, it, yeah, it was um, amazing. It, it was nice. I We, we talked about mounting the, the TV. It's actually over the fireplace. Right. Our, our fireplace is essentially not usable right. in its current form. It, it's not usable, and um, it's more of a eye candy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's which, beautiful. It, which I'm, I'm, I'm fine with. And I looked at it, and and I did a few, looked around a little bit, and I decided that I did not want to try and tackle hanging that puppy myself. <laughs> no, that our TV was our Christmas present to ourselves. Yeah, like it would be sad if it d- dropped and died. And and I had Kayla do some searching, found a few people that that did the installs. I I looked at the websites, made a couple phone calls talk with somebody I felt comfortable with. He, he answered all my questions and concerns. 
and uh, sure enough, he came out. He um, he did a really nice job. So it, it's mounted up on the wall, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, very very happy with it. Glad we did it that way. Yep. So yeah, things are coming together. Yeah. Um, for anybody who's curious, because I've gotten a few questions, yes, we will do like an office tour kind of thing once it's put mm -hmm. together. We'll do that as a video on YouTube. Yeah. Um, the bedroom is mostly together. Still mm -hmm. just waiting on furniture. I'm, I'm kind of happy that we're at that point, but I'm also really impatient. I just want my furniture. I'm gonna have like an actual, um, I don't think it's actually, I always called them vanities, but basically that like tabletop mirror thing with a chair in the bedroom where I could put my makeup on, I'm gonna have one of those. If there's another technical term other than vanity, because when I think vanity, I think bathroom mm -hmm. vanity, and that's uh, a different yeah, thing. No, a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. uh, a bedroom vanity? I don't know. Uh, I'm just like, started thinking about this stuff so i don't know what any of it's called but i'm about to get that i'm very yeah. excited um we're gonna get bookcases so that our books about sex and kink have a place to live mm -hmm. that is very exciting mm -hmm. um so oh thank yeah. you amy i need an emoji uh, of the yeah. week now now we'll see who's like real dedicated because if you're still right? listening at this point oh oh i know what the emoji of the week needs to be what there's a house emoji Ah. It's a house emoji, so it'll be a house there emoji. Go. There you go. Yeah, I don't know where it is or what exactly yeah. it looks like, but I know I've seen a house emoji, mm -hmm. so we'll go mm -hmm. with that. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, now, yeah. Now, X, a while back I did hang the TV for the boys. It was a little 32-inch, and Most I didn't games. mind doing that. Oh, I um, heard lots of cussing when you did well, that. Well, it, it was a little frustrating. I, I give it that. Um, but, yeah, hang, hanging it here. Um, thankfully this guy, he had all the right tools. He, he drilled into the mortar in between the bricks. So didn't even, you know, damage the bricks. He did it all in between the, uh, the mortar lines. He did and, a good uh, job and he, was he, fast. He did a good job Once and he, he was here. fast. Yeah. And so, now I think we have a handyman. We have, a, yeah. a, in the living room, it's a vaulted ceiling. In yes. The living room. And yes. we have a functional ceiling fan. And if you are not... I don't know at what point, as you go further north, in North America at least, ceiling fans stop being an absolute staple. But down here in the south, in Florida, you need one in almost every room. And yeah. we have one in nearly every room. Uh, we have two in the office, actually. Um, and the living room has a vaulted ceiling and it has a kind of ugly, dated ceiling fan but it's functional so we're not worried about it but it's really really high up your tallest ladder won't even go up that high and so and also the last time you did a vaulted ceiling ceiling fan i was almost wetting myself i was terrified i was yeah. like he's going to fall off the ladder so when we get that new ceiling fan we mm -hmm. also have somebody who said yes i can install this for you and it will yeah. only be blah blah dollars the, the the vaulted ceiling here in the house is actually higher than the vaulted ceiling we had in the condo so oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure the yeah. no 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 that was a that was my first experience with a vaulted ceiling and it was like a baby vaulted ceiling this is this i wouldn't want to try and dust yeah, up there's yeah. all i'm saying i i don't have a ladder that i'd have to buy a ladder a, a taller ladder to install the ceiling fan right which but, I, yeah you know i mean if you need yeah. a taller ladder i guess it's fine actually we tried to go buy a step stool and bombed out of that because our local home improvement store was being crappy that day. Yeah. It's already stressful enough. I'm we 
go into stores as infrequently as we can. We wear a mask every time, um, but we're trying to navigate whatever normal is going to start looking like. And so it's like when we go to a store, we go with a long list so we can go and get out and not have to go again for however mm-hmm. many days. <laughs> it's like we just want a fucking step stool for the inside of the house that does not have that does not have all the dirt and gunk of the step stool that lives in the garage. So, and then yeah, got no help. So, but um, no, we're we're moving along. I've got my um, my shop is pretty much set up. You turned. I even turned a bowl yesterday. Kinky, but he did turn wood. So yeah. yeah. When yeah. will you turn kinky things again? Um. I'm I'm very close to getting down to some of that. I, I went out to find a um, commercial grade power strip today, and the might store to, was bare. I have to look online. I, I may have to look online and see. Uh, one of there's three power outlets in the shed, but one of them is too far away, and I need to extend a little bit. And I don't I'm not ready to get a electrician out here to do it, so. I'm just going to find a commercial grade power strip to stretch mm-hmm. a little bit for the time being. But um, yeah. once I do that, then I can get the router table and uh, bandsaw going. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it's all good. I've got all the tools out there. Everything's back up and set up on the stands and um, got most of my wood out there. Mm-hmm. Now, one of, the, one of the goals I have here real soon is... Um, I have a ton of logs. Y'all, he has so much wood. And, and not and, even as a sex joke. He's just got a lot of wood. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the things I want to do with, with those logs at this point, which is something I've not done, is I want to cut them down and process them so that they are... You want to mill them. Mill them. Hmm. Yeah. See, I so, know a word. Yeah. So that they're, they're ready for me at any point. I can just grab it, throw it on the lathe, and turn it. They're not just bare log raw logs anymore so much wood y'all so much wood (laughs) not even being ironic or full of innuendo (laughs) i have an entire corner of the garage Mm -hmm. that's logs and all the shelf space in the workshop is filled with wood yeah so much wood yeah so you're gonna make a lot of kinky things. Yeah. Okay, good. That's that's all I cared about. That's all I. Yeah. So people have asked how we broken in the house with kinky fuckery. Not really. We did have before we moved in and it was still empty, and we were having work done. We did come in and sneak in and have a little spanking session. Yes, we which did. Which was delightful. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be so quiet with the bedtime spankings anymore. No. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, but some of the other fuckery we might do <laughs> had to be delayed because, you know, when you move, even a mile and a half away, you're boxing things up, you're tossing things up. Things, things are, happen. Things happen and things get misplaced. And, you know, sometimes it's a TV remote. Sometimes it's like a whole box of clothes. That's happened before. This so time, however, I, 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 I had two jars of butters. Butters in, lube, our yeah. favorite fucking lube. Two two jars of them in the nightstand. Now one of them was empty. The other one was half full. And I was like, why am I keeping an empty jar of lube? And I threw away what I thought was the empty jar of butters. And last weekend, we decided to have some kinky fuckery. 
and I reached for the lube. Open it up. It was empty. Threw away the wrong one. No lube. Nope. No lube in this house. No. Nope. No lube. There are many, many, many things that can. There are many things that can that we can do without lube, but there are many things we cannot. Right. This body right. requires lube at this point. Yep. Yep. So I placed an emergency order. Mm-hmm. Uh, then tweeted him. My friend Jerome about the emergency <laughs> yes, that order, emergency. and he, yeah. I don't—he didn't like do anything special. He processes orders on Saturday, but Saturday morning when I woke up, like nine o'clock in the there morning, there was a message from him that it shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to go check the PO box. Yeah, I may do that this afternoon. That would be lovely. Yes, because yeah. I ordered other things too. And, yes, and, and Kat asked what I thought about the, the wood. Did you mess. see that in the You email? showed me the Did picture I and I loved it. He I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So loved it. Yeah. So and and Silent Wing, the, the bowl that I made the other day, yeah, it was a little piece of, of maple that I had. Um I I actually a, a wood turning friend of mine was cleaning out his shop. He he has um He's still doing wood turning, but he's doing a very specific type of wood turning now. And he was cleaning out a bunch of his old wood that that he is not going to use. So he gave me all this stuff. And that piece of maple was in there. It was already cut to round and had center marked, which was how I just threw it up on the lathe and turned it the way I did. And, um, yeah, it, it was just a nice little piece of maple in it that I turned and... Um, yeah, it, it it came out really nice. Uh, I was really happy with you it. You you haven't turned other than that this bowl that, that, this week in like literal weeks. Yeah, and it was just nice to mm-hmm. to do that and make shavings. The, I just the, want you to make kinky stuff. Oh, mm, oh yeah. That's all I care about. I mean, I these bowls are beautiful, y'all. They, they are. You can see them some of them at thewooddumb.com. But I care about this kinky stuff. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we are still boring and talking about the move a lot. Um, as the office and recording areas start to come together, we will talk about that a lot. And we will yeah. be boring. Then. What are we going to talk about when, uh, are, I mean, are, is this when everybody's going to find out that we're just genuinely boring people? This is the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'll do, I'm, oh. t- spoiler alert. We're and, generally bo- boring people. <laughs> and... Uh, did I mention my motorcycle is fixed? That's right. You've been riding your motorcycle. My, my motorcycle is fixed. The carburetor has been been done. Um, he did end up having to replace the uh, a number of the the seals on the carburetor anyway, but um, it is it is done. And I um, I have been riding. I, I've gone out a few few times at night, mm-hmm. hopped on the bike and gone out for a ride, and it was so nice. I'm just, I'm glad to see riding again. Yeah. Oh, it was so funny. Y'all. He's trying to tell me about how he wants to, if, if y'all remember weeks, maybe even months ago, beginning of the year, I think yeah. he, were, he was talking about how he was going to do some of this work himself and it'd become this production. And of course it was supportive. Well, then it sort of stopped and I'm like, I don't know anything about bikes, but okay. <laughs> and he takes me out on a walk when we were doing our nightly walks, which we have not done in a long time. This neighborhood is entirely too friendly for me to feel like walking through it. I just <laughs> need you to know. Um, they want to talk. I'm, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> anyway, um, so he takes me out on a nightly walk before the move. And he's like, I've got something I, I need to tell you. Huh. 
Uh, ironically, yeah, he, one of those. he did say, don't worry, it's not about us. It's, you know, it's about... In regards to the motorcycle. Right, and I'm like, okay. And I actually still, just proven an anxious... Anxious is going to anxious, okay? Or anxious, yeah. <laughs> Whew. Um, I immediately went, oh my God, he's going to tell me he wants to sell the bike. I'm That bothers me. I don't want him to sell the bike. I want him to have a working bike if that's what he wants. But I'm going to be supportive if that's what he wants to do. And he's taking me on this walk to say... I really, I, I know we're moving. I know we've got some expenses going on, but I, I really want to put the bike in, into the shop. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you're not more, like, you don't have questions? You're not concerned? It, you know, we're in the process <laughs> of moving. I'm like, I thought you were going to tell me you wanted to sell the thing, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to talk you out of it. Please, <laughs> please get it into the shop and make it workable again. And yes, I understand it's an expense, but... It's one of the vehicles that we have, so it's fine. Also, back in January, when he'd been riding high on, I can do all the things. He'd be like, okay, I've got to do this work by myself, but then the rest of it has to go into the shop. We'd already had the conversation. True. He was, I mean, he really was like... Okay, I just I want to I want to let you know that I've been thinking about it, and I think I think this is this is what we've got to do. And I was because I was so hyped up for like the thing I was afraid it was gonna be. I was like, oh. Well, okay. I, mean, I, I think I was rightfully concerned at that point. We're in the middle of yeah. buying a house, planning a move, and all this. And I was, and, and here I am staring at this bike that, yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, be the one to dive into it and work on it. And I... I, I right. Reality kicked our butts again. Yeah. It's sort of like the whole idea of we could paint the balls if we had to. I'm very glad we didn't have to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but see, seek those communication skills are transferable, y'all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and also, anxious brain is just gonna, I, I could spin anything to a yeah. worst case scenario. So yeah, I have not been on the bike, but that's okay. No. Um, I'm, 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 I'm still, it's, you know, been yeah. a while, so I, I want to get my, my feet back under me, so to speak. Yeah, no, no, I want you to feel confident before yeah. we add mm-hmm. all of this to the back of it. Mm, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's I think that's plenty, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. we have a 14-year-old who's like, you're supposed to get done because you're supposed to do a thing with me. Please hurry up. Please hurry yeah, up. Right. We love you too. Mm-hmm. Fine. So, right. yeah, that's it for yeah. us. Um, Friday night hangout, yes. YouTube live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a patron or if you become a patron, it's okay. We're not pushing it too hard because we know the times we live on live in. But that live Q and A is this coming Saturday. Correct. And if you never get to make any of these live streams, but especially podcast listeners, hi podcast listeners, um, <laughs> we are doing a totally random live stream that will last potentially for literal hours. Um, at the end of May. Um, and there will probably be Tipsy Kayla and Tipsy JB. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about it as we actually like know what we're going to yeah. do. But that is happening. Um, and the emoji of the week is a house. And as mm-hmm. somebody pointed out, apparently there's two houses in uh, it, for emojis. One's a derelict house. No. Can we can we pick the nice one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we move... Uh, our rental was not derelict, but in comparison 
It was. Yeah. So let no, let's be reminded it's a new house. It's a nicer house. Mm. Um and yeah, that's it. That's us. Uh we will I think we're back to normal. Oh, if you are a YouTube watcher or if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, we are not doing our weekly short videos until the recording area is put together at the first of June. So No, not not at not at nine AM Silent Winged. Oh well oh Okay, podcast listeners can't read the live stream chat. Uh, Silent Wing wanted to make sure that the uh, Patreon Q&A was not at 9 a.m. And no, no. it's not. Because uh, the the Friday night sometimes goes till midnight. And we, yeah. we're, no, no. We're like after lunch kind of thing. I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. You can't even say it. I know I can't. See? <laughs> okay, we really I'm are going to go. I'm not decrepit. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> So yes, there we there we go. We really are back because mm-hmm. we're all rambly. Uh, we love you guys. Yep. Um, thanks for thanks for joining everything us. for listening mm-hmm. for watching for letting us ramble and hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.